Welcome to Finding Your Soul and Success. Leaders sharing their inspirational wisdom with our host, Kathy Gardarian. Welcome, Kathy. Hi there. You have an inspirational story yourself, and along the way, you've accumulated what I find to be a lot of inspirational wisdom, a lot of uh, a lot of positive thoughts that we could certainly use these days in, in increasingly negative times out there, whether it's corporate or political or social or economic, uh, we're always confronted with the negative. You seem to focus more on the positive uh, parts of life here. And I wonder if we could start by giving us some background. Who is Kathy for those of us who don't know you? Well, first of all, I'm really happy to be here and happy to share um, some of the stories because I know that um, people learn from storytelling. So um, I have lots to share and I'm certainly... Um, You've accumulated a few stories, I, I gather. Yeah, no, I have. <laughs> um, uh, I want to say that um, as a woman in business um, years ago, um, before I started my company, um, which is now... 33 years old next wow. month, wow. shockingly. Wow. And, um, you know, I was really not thinking about having you know, my own company at the time, but there were certain things and situations that came up that I just had to beat to the fire and, and stand there and, and go through the fear. And I had a lot of fear, but I started Qualis International. Qualis is the Latin root word meaning a degree of excellence and quality, because I knew if I was going to be in business, I wanted to do it well. You wanted to be the best, right? I, absolutely. And um, So what did you do? But you you entered a business that I wouldn't picture most women entering. You, yeah. uh, you did what uh, and with who? <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened was that um, there was a little known home retailer that started um, in the mid eighties and called the Home Depot. Home Depot, when they had what, five stores or no, something? No, well, they actually had 25 stores okay. in the whole country and they were needing packaging. And I, that's what I was doing. The was, kind of stuff they wrapped the pallets with and the string right. and the bags and all the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really exciting stuff. The right. corrugated and, the, and the, all the plastic products they were using. And the merchandise bags and pallet wrap and um did you do the pallets too and all that kind uh, of stuff? we actually had pallets yes yeah. we did so what happened was that i i got the business and i started with just six products in the store and it ended up i worked with them for 30 years and we had and rode them all the way up. all the way up to over 2500 stores uh, located everywhere in the world and certainly um they even had some other stores like Expo and different spinoffs they did mm -hmm. in the Midwest for the farmers. We even did all of their stores. I didn't know that. I didn't know, I didn't know they had other concepts other than it. But yeah. you, all this, the guts of the store, the stuff that nobody even thinks twice yes. about. Yeah. The, you're going to wrap your something at those big rolls of sheets of plastic and they're going to wrap the, I don't know, the wood in it or something here. Mm -hmm. and, and all of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff that that the store can't function without, but that quite frankly, nobody ever thinks about. Yes, that's true. And my friends all know me to, to love fashion. And if I would say bags, 
they would think it was a Gucci satchel, yeah, right. you know. But no, it was merchandise bags. And, and the uh, twine. And a, You told me a funny story about the twine. They used to just, yeah. they would wrap, I don't know, like in the, in the garden department, they'd yes. wrap things with this special twine. Yeah. And you guys came, found something and sourced it because you were, you were like the vendor that found all these different products and then brought them in, in, into the right. stores, right? Whatever yeah. they needed next, they asked me and... Um, you went and found it. And I found it. And then we had to make sure that the manufacturer could produce because they were opening 246 stores a year. A year. That's, that's an incredible pace. Who can keep up with it? It was yeah. not easy because you the only edict they gave me was, you know, no back orders. We have to have everything here. And certainly when a store was opening, you had to put all the pallet wrap in there. You had to do all these things so that they could open their doors. The store They're, would shut down if it didn't have this stuff. It, it's so true. I really became a very, um, not only the first, one of the first women-owned businesses that worked with them, but um, as I lovingly call them, the tool belt crowd. There <laughs> yeah, was... right. This isn't where I would picture there's a lot of women uh, <laughs> yeah. coming in. There's probably a lot of good old boys or something here, yeah. some twine and stuff. So, you know, it's so it was a, a real learning experience for me, too, because they'd asked me to get things that, frankly, I wasn't sure what they were, but I was going to find <laughs> out. And so it ended up just being part of, you know, what we sold them. So we were basically what was called an expense vendor. Anything we had basically wasn't on the shelf for the customer to buy. Exactly. We sold everything it took to sell to you. I mean, even cash register paper and check bags and oh, stuff. Um, the, the grease that keeps the retail store moving here. It's yeah. really true. And and people, you're right. No one ever thinks about these things. And Tell um, me the twine story again or share that. You, you told me this fascinating story that they you found some sort of super twine. It was so cool. Oh, yes. People wanted it. They were stealing it. And they were stealing it. It was interesting because it was a... It was a it's a poly twine that's spiral wrapped and really mm -hmm. tight. So they would have it, and we'd sell them in these huge ten pound tubes, and they and they would just they, give it away for Fritz. How they well, wrapped yeah, up something? Yeah, yeah. If if you bought something that had to be tied down in the on, on your car, or tied down at all, they would. Uh, we also make lumber flags. These red lumber flags. <laughs> lumber so, flags. So oh, that, there's a business. I want to yes. be in the lumber flag business. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, so that if you had lumber that stuck out, you used one of the flags. But so. You know, so it was a really important product, and we'd sell them in these big 10-pound two bags of uh, rolls of twine. And it was such good twine. If you went into the store, you know, they had sisal twine and little bits of twine, but it wasn't as strong as this. So, you know, a lot of times customers would say, well, can we buy this from you? Because yeah. this twine's really good. And they said, no, 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 this is our this expense is items. We have to have it here. Well people would end up stealing this whole big thing. <laughs> so funny, they said, well, we can't do this. It's too expensive. And then we don't have what we need. So they ended up putting it in this um, little locked cabinet. <laughs> Locking it, up the secret twine. because The people... secret twine. Yeah. So what would happen is that they could, they, they had a, a screen in front of it and they won the twine through it so you could cut as much as you wanted, but you but couldn't, you couldn't take steal it. it. Yeah. And so it was very... So they asked you to come up with some twine, and by goodness gracious, you came up with the with best With the twine. best, yes. And it was so good that people wanted it as a real product, the consumers wanted it. Yeah. All sorts of stuff, flags for lumber, 
uh, bags, cashier paper, all this little, yeah. what people would think of as little mundane items that collectively turned into a, we don't have to give any numbers, but a big, big company that you created here. Yeah, yeah. And it was interesting because I was told that I was a woman and couldn't have a company. And, you know, well, after, let's go back through that because, okay. that, again, you're, you're of that first group that came out, you know, when the, you told us the story, one other, you're on one of our other shows and you were talking about how originally worked for a company that sourced some of these things. Right. And you went out right. and chased this unknown account, Home Depot, and they said, what? Give it up. This is yeah, too small. Yeah, they said, forget about it. It's too small. There was only 25 stores and yeah. they wanted only large major chains. And I said, I'm not going to forget about it. These are great CEOs that have started this. And it's going to be big. So by the time I actually had enough nerve, I had a lot of fear about starting my own company, they already had 400 stores wow. when I left. And you took the business and, and, and I took the it. business and had to quote on it myself. And, and it's um, spun into other things. You handle some other chain. Obviously, you handle Home Depot. There are other oh, chains yes. came to you as well. Absolutely. Like, who else did you some other? Well, we had the 12,000 7-Eleven stores as well. 12,000 7-Eleven stores yeah. relied on Kathy Gardarian's <laughs> uh, company here, too, for the, the, the grease that keeps the retail <laughs> uh, racks moving here. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I think but the real the reason I really wanted to have this podcast and to talk about women in business is how important this truly is a time of moving women forward and the kinds of things i learned along the way you know it wasn't easy because the first the company that i first worked for i was the only female sales how did you even get in let's just let's go back to the very beginning so this okay. is our origin story today so we want to meet okay. kathy and understand who you are so this is back a few years ago. Well, how did you walk in the door to in an industry I didn't even know exist, quite frankly? Oh. Uh, <laughs> and and you found your way into this business, and you're a woman in a man's tool belt world, twine and bags and mm. and mm. stuff like that. This isn't a this isn't a feminine world, I would think of. No, and actually, I just heard from a friend of mine. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get terrible letters for saying that because what is a feminine world? I don't know, but it isn't a picture. I guess I'm like everybody. I wouldn't picture there'd be a lot of women in this uh, world. Yeah, and um, and that was it's another story. But it's I do want to say that um, I was wanting to um, come out of real estate and and do this kind of business, uh, being a manufacturer's rep, mm -hmm. which means then you can rep many different manufacturers' Lots products. And so I was interested in that, and a friend of mine told me about this company in Los Angeles. It was owned by five gentlemen, and they uh, we were... We use that word lightly here, gentlemen. Yes, yes, they uh, were. Because I would, they're dealing with companies, and uh, these are probably tough guys and tough industries, and it's, you get your hands dirty, and it's, it's <laughs> you know, it's not real sexy or exciting, no. but it's... All this stuff that that stores need to keep operating, particularly big chains. Yeah. And I would just say that, you know, they were looking for someone to do major retail chains because most of their 30-odd um, salespeople were uh, all men, and mm -hmm. they were doing more of these route uh, sales, so they would have territories. Right. But uh, I had had some experience. Drive from factory to factory. What do you need more of? What can I write up for? The the right. the kind of the classic. I hate to say it. The Willie Lomans of the world. Oh. You know, 
Yes, there you go. You go watch those old uh, things, you know, uh, uh, death of a salesman and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And you went for you got pulled your book out and you drove from account to account. And what can I order for you this week? Yeah, no, it wasn't that. So they wanted to, you know, switch over. So I was in this different division, but every time they would close the door of the sales meeting, there'd still be 30 guys and me. And um, the president really of the company really didn't understand or appreciate maybe the new paradigm of women in business. What could you bring that the, the others couldn't? In fact, you tell the other story. I'm sorry to prompt you in these things, but you've, yeah. uh, offline you've told me some of these great stories, and I want to get some of them out here on okay. so people can understand them. Right. For example, you start outselling some of the guys in the room because Home Depot's growing. Yes. And you're getting some other accounts that they had overlooked or hadn't seen. Right. You had brought a different perspective, a different approach to handling customers and caring about them and, and getting to know them and all the stuff we take for granted. Now, that wasn't necessarily the norm back in those days. Right. And perhaps that's because you came at it from outside the industry or perhaps because you're a woman, you had a different perspective on the whole thing. I'm sure we'll talk about all those things. But yeah. what did they say to the other sales guys? You, when they, They'd say, She's beating you. Well, then, unfortunately, he would say things like, so how do you guys like being beat out by a skirt? Yeah, exactly. I mean, which is so demeaning. I used to go home and not be very happy about that, thinking, well, maybe it motivates the guys, but right. it doesn't motivate me. It doesn't motivate you, yeah. And in fact, I felt it was very demeaning. And the other thing was, at the moment, I was actually a, just an independent contractor. I wasn't even an employee. Really? Okay. I was just bringing them business, and they were keeping two-thirds of the profit, sure. and I was getting a third. Right. So it was even worse to be called a skirt because of that. Yeah, right. So, and, and then you start thinking, well, this is wrong. we got to redo the math here, guys. I found this. I developed it. I'm creating this, cultivated this relationship with it. Okay. And they're saying, but you're a woman. You can't run a business. Come on. Yeah, that's what they told me. And I just want the listeners to know that I don't want anyone to ever believe that because women are powerful and women bring balance to, to business. I mean, even... Um, you know, and you talk about being on boards and, and even some some charity things or, or, you know, university boards where you can donate your time. Anything that you're doing, well, women and, always bring just a great another way to hold And that's a perfect lead-in because I got to point out, in addition to building this yes. very, very large, successful business, when you finally broke off and yeah. got the nerve to do this yourself and take Home Depot with you and picked up some other chains like 7-Elevens and whatnot. You're selling a lot of stuff. This yes. is a big company. Yes. And so other opportunities start opening up. You uh, got, you were uh, on the board of Chapman University here locally. You were brought on the board of Van Shoes, the giant shoemaker. Uh, as got, the first woman. That's the first woman. woman. And you joined this thing called the World Business Academy. Talk about that. I don't think people know this is a very high level group of CEOs that does yeah. well. Well, it was, I, I, feel that it was so fortunate that I only owned my company for a year mm -hmm. before I found the World Business Academy. I was in Newport Beach and they are located at the time in San Francisco. Okay. So I, I read an article about this, you know, business people going to the Stanford Research Institute because they wanted to talk about science and business and spirituality. 
And I thought, wow, I've always been interested in human potential. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, I have to find out more about this group. So when I finally talked to the founder of the group, uh, one of the founders, there were three, uh, but Ronaldo called me and he said, uh, I said, wow, this group sounds like something I would love to be in. They're hitting all your hot buttons. You, yes. Because as we're going to talk about in this show, more today here, but as the show unfolds, it isn't just how to be a woman, a successful woman in a what was then even more so a man's world, uh, yeah. but it, and, and a successful entrepreneur and a woman entrepreneur and all these other barriers to breakthrough. But, but you've also got this spirituality aspect to it, this idea that business doesn't have to be soul crushing. It doesn't have to turn you into yeah. Willie Loman, like <laughs> in the play, you know, a beat yeah. down individual here. No. And, and, and I, I do credit the fact that I flew up every month to this meeting because you had to be a CEO to join. Right. You had to do, you know, several million dollars a yeah. year in business minimum. This is an exclusive group, right? Yeah. Very exclusive. And and when you and when I sat there, I was the only woman Again, CEO. You're the only woman at the time. For a long time because yeah. it was 1989. I mean, it's, women weren't CEOs at that time. That was I a very rare. I think there rarity. were several, but but I I think the difference was was I knew this group would talk at a deeper level. Yes. I could really get down and say, I'm having problems with this. Let's get real. Let's let's yes. really let our hair down. Let's really explore these yes. things. And that's really the essence of this show, I think, more than anything. Yes. What I challenged you to do was not just to share your success and how you mentored and and, and been a uh, an example of women breaking through the glass ceiling and all that success that you've had. That's a story that still needs to be told, unfortunately. Yeah. But beyond that, all of us, men, women, everybody, there is a deeper uh, story here. We live in a world where Wells Fargo, I'm sorry to say, was caught uh, selling fake accounts. And uh, Arthur Anderson, the giant accounting firm, is cooking the books for Enron uh, so they can mislead people. And, uh, you know, on and on and on. Volkswagen is uh, somehow, gee, how did that happen? Gee, our... Our uh, catalytic, our, our sensors uh, <laughs> just cheat the catalytic converter readers. I didn't know we did that. Who did that? You know, on and on again, we just have got this, me in particular, I guess, this cynical attitude towards big corporations that it is soul crushing. It's, it's about what they can get away with. And it's not about human potential. We talk a great deal about yeah. culture of people yeah. and our people matter, but I don't know. Have we really evolved that place? Or are we still back to it's my way or the highway and just get it done and whatever we can get away with, let's do it. It doesn't seem like a a spiritual environment. No, it's not. And I think, but I go back to uh, the great quote from uh, Pat Summit, um, who was one of the great basketball coaches for women and they would win all of these games mm -hmm. and she was once interviewed and asked well what happens when they lose like how are you yeah, going to be right and she said i tell them everything is what it is and then it will be what you make it mm -hmm. so i've used that in my life a lot because i could see those things going on but i had an opportunity 
to hold things in a different way. And it starts really with, I call it your, it's an inside job. Mm -hmm. You have to look at your belief systems. Mm -hmm. It is about when, the, the human potential. I know you spent many yeah. years in, oh, many in things years. like Est and LifeSpring and other sorts of things like that, really yes. trying to explore who you were. We're gonna talk a lot about that. You're gonna bring a lot of people uh, on people that you know, that's amazing names from Deepak Chopra to, other, to many others through the years mm -hmm. who all talk about how it starts with you. Yes. And yet the you is supposed to be sublimated in incorporation. It is a collective a, a group of cells. Your, your individual doesn't matter. It's, it's mm -hmm. for the group. It's for the, the greater good. And you give up your own soul, your own thoughts, your personality, whatever, to to mm. fit into the corporation. That was the world I grew up in. My father was an executive for Chrysler Corporation. Nobody ever asked him if he was happy. <laughs> right. Well, I think, you know, I think life is a journey and you are going to, it seems like everything you do is a stepping stone to what you will do. So it seemed like whatever lesson I seem to have to learn, it sort of came to me and I got to look at it another way. And But sometimes and, it comes hard. That oh no, I'm not stone, saying yeah. it was easy. And yeah. I have to tell you, there was a lot of fear as I as I moved along the way to make sure that I was doing, I was very uh, hard on myself, making sure that I was doing everything well. But I would have to say that to the degree that you keep, you know, getting stronger, getting your belief system, uh, letting go of things that don't serve you, then it was easier for me to look at another human being when I'm doing business and see that, you know, n not everyone has a really easy time right. and you don't know, even know what they're going through. So you can be loving and kind. And I would do that just because my energy was one, and we all have powerful energy fields. We can choose to be, uh, to change the energy of wherever we are. I hope so. That's one of the things we're going to explore. Can yeah. you choose or is it thrust upon you? Are we just creatures of the environment? Are we just forced to follow? Are we <laughs> are we not in charge of our own destiny here? For many, that's an open question still. We, yeah. Too much of this goes harkens back to, I'm a movie buff, so it's, uh, you know, Charlie Chaplin and the and the image of the machine that is uh, eating up everybody and consuming everybody. Too much of this, we tend yeah. to think of yeah. giant structures as being soul crushing, as, as destroying your individuality, as not making you a better person, uh, but making you fit into a society, a culture, a, a, a machine. It, is, it seems too much like a machine, yeah. all of this stuff, yeah. particularly when it gets big. You were at the big point. You were with the big boys. We were in the big yeah, companies. I yeah. kind of was thrown into it saying, okay, you know, um, so now how are you going to handle it? Right. And, and, but see, I, this, these are the times when we can actually hold it another way if we choose. And I'm not saying it's the easy way, but I'm saying it works. It's a choice. You're it's, saying there's it's a, a choice. choice. And, and people do business with people they like. Well, no so, question about that. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I would decide that, you know, um, the best way to handle it would be to at least see what was going on with the other person and see where I could at least uh, create energy where they would, you know, I'm going to call it a safe space mm -hmm. where they can just be whoever they needed to be. And then you could just get the job done. Yeah. There, it was, it was really it, a kept 
getting more and more. I would test it all the time, and it worked out so beautifully. Like, well, maybe we can do this. Right. I, I give you two curious examples. We do a lot of shows here on the, on the okay. network, and one of the shows is on car design. And it's a guy who was a car designer for Nissan for 10 years. Now he's on his own. He just did the Zooks, the little self-driving taxi for Amazon. I mean, oh, very yeah. successful in this field. And a couple of times we've talked about it, and he was talking about robotic cars. And I said, that sound <laughs> this scares me. That seems like a dystopian, dark future. The robots are <laughs> going to drive us and take us control. And, you know, how many bad movies have we right. seen where the robots take over? And yet all the robots he designs have little happy smiles and faces on them. And they're friendly little robots. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, he said, it's what his mentor taught him years ago. We're designing the future. We have a choice. Do we want to design a dark future or a happy future? Yeah. The choice is up to us. Yeah. The choice isn't already determined for us. And too often we think the choice is determined. I'm sorry, I'm, I've got to make compromises to work in this world. I've got to make ethical compromises. I've got to make personal compromises. I've got to, I got to lose part of me. You know, that's the assumption about business and particularly yeah. big business. And you said the name of the show is Finding Your Soul in mm -hmm. Success. And I said to you, what? I think it's I, I too often think success means losing your soul, whether it's a successful athlete or a successful politician or a successful business person. Too much of it is they've given up something along the way. So when they finally get there, who are they? Yeah. But I just think that we have to look at the human beings that we're, you know, we're, it's how are we relating to people? Because everyone's going through something, so it's easier to start by being kind. But and when then there's millions of people, I can't look at them all. They're just numbers. They're on a spreadsheet. They're, a, they're <laughs> an expense. They're a, they're, a, they're a number on a sheet here, aren't they? Well, it might feel that way sometimes, but I will say that we are 100% responsible for how we are in the world. So you choose one. You decide yeah. how you're going to be. Happy future, dark future. Yeah, yes. Exactly. There's, every moment there's a choice. We have another show, uh, 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 a woman who's an attorney. She's uh, the uh, general counsel for the Western Growers Association. Again, a kind yeah. of yeah. rough, tough, rumble world of all these people, giant growers, particularly here in California, all the fruit and vegetables for the world here that grow in California, and this is their association. And she continually amazes me because I think of lawyers as, you know, bulldogs. I'm just going to get in there and fight <laughs> and chew and, you know, I'm going to destroy and take down the other side and everything here. And she constantly keeps saying, she's talking about workplace issues or gender issues or or um, issues of a, of a um uh, accessibility for people with disabilities and other uh, things. All these issues that we're all confronted with in giant organizations. And she said, let's start with just toning it down a little bit and trying to be nicer to each other. And maybe we wouldn't sue each other as much or we wouldn't assume mm -hmm. that the employee is trying to rip us off or the company's trying to rip us off. Let's get away from those assumptions. And, you know, yeah, maybe some of that's true. And maybe we're in an adversarial role, but if we approach it in a different way, maybe we could get different results. And I just, I sit there with my mouth open. I'm like, it's that easy? Let's just be nicer to each other. Maybe we, from an attorney whose job it is to sue everybody or protect everybody, you know? Yeah, but it's actually accurate. And because, you know, we are in charge of who we are, what we want to be. 
And I found that to the degree that I would watch my own self and take responsibility for how I was out in the world, it would definitely affect the other person. And I had even people on airlines and different people I didn't know, you sit down next to them, they started telling me their life stories that they never told anyone else. Yeah, and, right. and, they, and so you can create, I wanna say a space or energy that is comfortable for people to be around. But that's after you do your own inner work and make sure you've let go of anything that's not serving you and that's getting in the way. So well, I do want to- That sounds easy. Well, it, it, it isn't quite as easy. And one of the, hopefully we'll get to in the show is those moments, those challenges, those crises. Because too yeah. often I hear success stories like this. I started something from nothing. It was mm -hmm. difficult, but I pushed through it and now I succeeded. I'm a famous athlete. I'm a famous politician. I'm a successful business person or whatever. And skipping through the ugly middle part. Right. The middle part is where the story is, the conflict, yeah. the change, the confusion. That's where we're all looking for some guidance. Yeah. We're inspired that people have made it to the top of the hill, yeah. but we're, we want to know, uh, can we do it? Because I'm not sure most of us really do believe we're in charge of our own lives and wow. have these choices. Mm. Now, that's maybe that's my own cynical old man point of view here, but <laughs> I, I, I really think that's part of the problem here. We're not sure we can do it. You did it. You're extraordinary. You're the one in a million. But can I? Yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> you don't have to lose your soul in business. And I, the reason I even wanted to do this, this podcast is really to share some of the stories that really motivated me, that taught me along the way. And, you know, you have to want to grow and learn and change and, and just continue to be the best you can be. There's, um, there's a book that, that the first, you open it up and the first thing it says is, this is a required course. The only thing optional is when you do it. <laughs> so I think in life, things come up and we finally... Sooner or later, you got to face these you things. You got to face these things yeah. and decide what works for you and what doesn't. And then you, you choose a different path and it changes your life. And this truly is a time of moving women forward in particular. Why? because it allows men, when they allow you to, to rise to your own potential, it actually empowers them as well. It takes it's some really of the pressure changes. off them too. It's not, I don't have to have all the answers. I don't have to be this rough, tough right. I, right. I can be more honest and open and vulnerable. The world so values that, so wants to see that honest, open, real yeah. leaders. Social media is all about that. Uh, athletes, uh, performers, uh, successful business people. We want to know the real people. And too <laughs> right. often we're shown with the comic book version here. And the yeah. comic book version is a superhero, can do anything, or it's a yeah. conquering hero, or it's a, it's some other myth that we've, that's gone back centuries here. But we're trying to be real. And I, can you get your friends and cohorts and others you know just come and be real and oh yes up. i have lots of really very interesting successful people that in all different kinds of businesses that are that will will really discuss the meat of the issue and it's just really about being more of who you really are so that you can follow your own path because it's joyful 
and and you feel like you can keep expanding. And soulful. What is soul to you? How are we, soul has that that such a positive sound to it. Yeah. Finding your soul. Is it the essence of who you are? Is it the mm. the real you? Is it the is it the greater you that's going to live on, you know, into the universe, you know, for those of us who believe in an afterlife, it carries mm -hmm. on? Is it the is it the energy? I, I don't know. I could come up with a lot of explanations. What mm -hmm. is a soul? How do you what is the soul we're searching for? When you think of soul, what does that word mean to you? Well, I, it means really peeling away layers of things you've heard even learned as a child. It's all these things that don't serve you until you get down to what is really juicy for you. You find your life's purpose. And if something's exciting to you, that is on your path. You might as well do it because that means that's part of what you're here to learn. And everything is a stepping stone to what you will learn. So it, you know, it's... Is this to, just a continuation of the path that I... I'm an old hippie, started in the 60s here, and my dad would get so frustrated. He was a child of the Depression. Just get a job, you know. And so yeah. I'd, I'd endlessly come home as I'm in college, and I'd say, i got to find myself. Who am I? What do I want to be? What's yeah. my purpose? And my dad would say, just get a job. Yeah, unfortunately, it's way more important than that. And um, and as you go deeper and change and get in touch with, with your soul's purpose, like why are you here yeah, this really. lifetime? That's that's where the joy the question would come in. mankind has been asking since they crawled out of the cave. Who am I and yes, why, and am, why I am, I am I here? And yet too often mm -hmm. we're taught to give up that quest and that question. Just get a job. Just and, and I'm sorry, for many people it is. Yeah. They've just got to survive. Yes. Uh, yeah. And they don't have, what is it, Maslow's hierarchy. You know, first you got to handle just your basic wants and needs here. Right. You know, survival. It's only later that you can evolve and start thinking about, well, what do I want to do? What should I do? Maybe maybe there is some grand purpose. Do you think we all have a grand purpose? I do. And I, I see uh, so many people I know that, you know, they keep just getting clearer and clearer and, and they show their genius. They bring their genius through and they are successful doing that. And it's it's getting up in the morning and just really loving what you're doing. Pete Carroll, I was on his board. He's such a wonderful, not only he's a wonderful soul. And a football coach for those. And a football you know, coach for USC goodness. and certainly now uh, Seattle Seahawks. But he told me he could. He gets up in the morning. He's so excited to just go help these young men. And this, see, this is his life's path. That doesn't fit the Vince Lombardi image of the coach. <laughs> just get out there and hit him and block. So what if your neck is broken? You know, just keep going, no, you know. No. You know, I'm not saying he doesn't want you to play well, but I... And it doesn't but, push you to do well. But, but he does, yeah. you know, but he does it in, in a very loving way. This is his spiritual path. And it works. It works. Yeah. I mean, has anybody had more six few coaches have realized the kind of success he's had in college and in professional yeah. football? Yeah. So this isn't just something that sounds good. That's my fear too often. Corporations bring people in. We're going to create a positive culture. We're going to enable everybody to find themselves and do their best. And people are our most important asset. And then the times get tough. And they're yeah. like, well, we better lay half of them off. Uh, we better mm. double their productivity. You just get your butt in here and get the sales, and we'll worry about who you are next week here. But right now, right. we got to make quota. 
You know, it, I wonder yeah. how much of this is just a sound good thing or a feel good thing and how much of it when the rubber hits the road, when times get tough, how much of it really survives? Well, and certainly life is very different today and much more difficult. But that to me is more reason to get clarity about who you are so that you can find a way to really live with joy and actually make a contribution to society and to, you know, and I will say it again, women, this is a time because we have the nurturing qualities and the intuition to come and blend with with men in business. Do and women have other things they can bring to the table here that were just not utilized for so long? Men wouldn't let women at the table. And yeah. today, here we are in the, you know, the, the 2020s, and you would think, oh, this battle's been fought 40, 50 years ago, and yet women are still not paid what a man is. Yeah. Women are still yeah. finding uh, a difficult. California had to pass a law, for Pete's sake, uh, requiring public boards to at least have some percentage of women on them here. That's for right. Pizza. We've got to force people to do this. And yet for 50 years, I've been thinking the battle's won. We broke through already. We had this fight 50 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's, it's better, but it really depends on, you know, who you're relating with, you know, and what kind of business you have and what are your customers and what are they like? I mean, I and so did, many other groups, you know, all these aren't we dealing with all the same issues uh, uh, with different ethnic minorities, different religious yeah. minorities, um, uh, uh, groups that have been marginalized in one way or another that all are still having to push through sure. and find their seat at the table and the way to be who they are and not have to conform and fit everybody else's mind. And yet there's a backlash too against that. I mean, we seem to be living in a society that's torn. Do we want to move forward into a more open, inclusive, multi-dimensional world here? Or do we want to go back into one way, one world, one group, you know, the way it was for so long here? Um, no answer for that one. But Well, I, no, not exactly, but except, I, yeah. I think that's the power of what you're offering, though. I guess that's the only reason yeah. I bring this up. Because, because I think it's needed now more than ever. Yeah. There was a time when it was rare to see a woman succeed. You were at that time. It's not as rare to see women succeed, but it's still a struggle. There was a time when if you were African-American uh, or a different ethnic minority or spoke a different language uh, or have followed a different religion, it was equally hard to break through or find a way to be your authentic self. Yeah. Uh, we didn't, and yet in a society that prizes individuality so much, we still want conformity so much. We still want uniformity so much. And it seems like we've almost had this delayed backlash. This is just me on my own little soap opera, mm -hmm. soapbox here. Uh, we fought this hard in the 60s and into the 70s. And then we sort of took a break and a breath. And now as the 90s and the 2000s, there is a push back against a lot of this thinking. Companies are not starting to wonder, mm -hmm. should we just go back to command and control? Should we just uh, order people around and, 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 in fact, get rid of the people? Let's just get robots in because yeah. then, then we can really control what they do. Well, I mean, one of the things that probably a lot of people don't even know or maybe have forgotten is here I was, a woman-owned business, and one of the first 
vendors that they had that did so much for them because I, I grew mm-hmm. to be one of the largest on the expense side. There was for a Home time, Depot and all these other no, yeah. For, yeah, for Home Depot in particular yeah. I'm speaking about now is that they actually had a class action lawsuit which they lost and it was discrimination against women because they didn't want women to be basically, you know, to run any of the stores. You know, they didn't want mm-hmm. them to have that position. Mm-hmm. And and it cost them $110 million. That's what they lost. To learn that lesson. To yeah. learn that lesson. And here I, I, you know, I would walk in there doing my thing. <laughs> and um, We're not I, talking about you, Kathy. You're okay. Yikes. You're the, yeah. You know, so, you know, it's that kind of thing. It, it's been um, such a learning experience. And that's really what I want to do is I feel like now I can I can talk to things that have come up because I really have had so many wonderful mentoring experiences and people have taught me. And so now I want to share and I want to share with other uh, people who is it easier some of once you've sort of broken through to is, is there an urge to sort of give back? I would think there would and to share this drink because you were one of the pioneers. You broke through many of these yeah. barriers that we're talking yeah. about here and along the way met others who you're going to bring on this show who will similarly show yeah. people how they broke through and how they fought the good fight and how they helped kept on not only kept their soul intact, but grew and, and yeah. became better people even in business, even in the hard-fought world of success and sports and politics and all these things that supposedly crush you and and destroy you and leave you, at least to many of us, not, uh, you know, at at what price is success? That's the typical Hollywood movie. They they gave everything, but they lost their soul. Yeah, actually it's a universal principle that what you put out is what you get back. So, you know, you can change the scenario, you can change the energy. There's a lot you can do by just going and looking deeper and being more authentically who you are. Self-awareness is number one. Well, that'll be the number one topic on our show. Give us some ideas. I know you and your first guest, your first guest is going to be, give us a little precursor of who's coming. And you had some topics. You were just throwing them out to me. I thought, oh my God, do every one of those. Every one of those is a show here. So, well, I mean, he just he just sent me an email. I'm going to my first show will be with uh, Tony and Rico. He's um, a, a CEO. He's helped many companies. Um, uh, He's sort of the guy they bring in to fix stuff, to right? fix things, and to yeah. make sure they're okay and uh, and to the grow. And, yeah, right. But more than that, he has such a big heart, and he knows how to take humanity and you know, put it into business and really work with people to make them better. So give us some topics he suggested. I think there's some tangible things. Yeah. These are the kind of things I think we'll, we'll expect to see. I'm sorry, I just sprung this on you. I know you had it on your phone or something. I did have it on my phone, and, and I'd love I'd love to share Because I think it, it's, it, he, these are topics he's suggesting, and I yes. think, and you said, what do you think? I said, I love all of them. I hope yeah. we can, not in one show, I hope we can over a course of a conversation, yes. a season of shows, talk about topics like what? Well, he said the importance of humility as a leader and a human being. So now uh, I wasn't taught that humility is what gets you forward. You've got to uh, be brash. Well, you gotta be you gotta act like you got all the answers. You gotta blow yourself up. You gotta constantly <laughs> promote yourself. You gotta toot your own horn. Then he said the It chokes me up too as I go through all the <laughs> right. 
You can certainly take some water if you need some there. Yeah. Here. He says, how might leadership be defined? Like, what is it and what is it not? And that's the core of it because I think that's we're still struggling with it. Yeah. I think we haven't figured out what leadership is. I'll give you an interesting example. So in this uh, other show mm -hmm. we are talking about, um, this uh, attorney show, she had somebody on who is a coach and her claim to fame is she was a colonel or general in the Marines. Oh, one of the first women to reach that role. <clears throat> and now corporations hire her. And they expect her to come and just basically sort of kick ass and take names because you were in the Marines, <laughs> right? Yeah. She says, can't work that way anymore. Uh, even in the Marines, it doesn't work that way anymore. I can't fire these kids in the Marine. I can't send them home. I'm stuck with them. So we've got to find ways to motivate them and lead and all this other stuff. And one of the th example, <clears throat> simplest examples she said is, why is it that we still think, particularly in the military, that the loudest voice is the leader. Whoever can yell above the battle the best, put them in charge. Whoever can shout the loudest over the factory floor, who can shout down the opposition, who, can, who has the biggest voice, that's a sign of a leader. Is um, it? Not at all. <laughs> yeah. But he also wants to talk about, um, <clears throat> like what are the, some of the more difficult aspects of being a C-suite executive? Because it's not, you know, it really, it, it's a continuing learning experience. Yeah. We learn from everything we do. And you may and not have better. all the answers. And yet, and yet no. too often we have to pretend, or we think we have to pretend that we do. I know everything. Yeah. And then it's lonely. Who do I talk to and say, I'm scared. I'm not sure what to do. It's true. Then he said, painful lessons um, learned on the journey of success. Well, that's what we hope you guys will yes. really share because too often the, the pain gets forgotten and all I hear is the happy story. Yeah. So there's there's just lots to get to and, and there's that's really what I'm trying to do is to, again, have a deeper conversation in business. Well, you've had the kind of conversations I wish I could be a fly on the wall. You've met people and worked with people like uh, Deepak Chopra. You've been on the boards at Vans and uh, Chapman University. You've worked with major corporations like Home Depot and I guess it's Southland. Is that the people that did yeah, 7-Eleven? Yes. And you've met people like uh, uh, Gorbachev. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that. You met him a couple times. Yeah. So. Um, he was, um, again, the World Business Mikhail Academy. Mikhail Gorbachev. Go look, Google him up. The, <laughs> the guy at the fall of communism who suddenly said, should we keep ratcheting this up? Uh, this idea of uh, Russia versus us, communism versus us, or is it time to really rethink this and real look, look at this, this glasnost, this, this thawing of relations yeah. between the West yeah. and the East here? He was he was there. Now, it wasn't really seen as a hero in the Soviet Union no. as it fell apart, but uh, it certainly become, I think, a forgotten hero in what could have been the end of the world, a just continuing escalation of tension between these two superpowers. He's one of the ones that said enough. Well, he started a foundation in Russia when he was out of office. And we had friends here in San Francisco that said, why don't you do a sister um, foundation here? come to San Francisco once a week or for a week, once a year, mm -hmm. and we'll do um, roundtables and discussions with people from all over the world, invite them, and we'll, we'll talk about business and politics and um, health and drugs and everything that was an issue. And we would do this once a week. We started in 1995 and we did it, I say once a week, one, one week a year. Yeah. 
for five years. And he brought lots of, uh, you know, world leaders from all over. And we'd sit in these roundtables and the discussions were amazing. And, And that's how you use the synergy of all the other thinking that's going on around the and world. And the stories and the experiences. The stories are great. And a group of people who's willing to say, you know what? Maybe we need to come up with a new paradigm. A new, yes. A new way to hold it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a new way for me. I'm going to be holding your feet to the fire. You wrote a book. Uh, we're going to promote that throughout this as well. Feet to the Fire, Finding My Soul and Success. Go check that out. We'll talk more about that as it comes out. I'm going to hold your feet to the fire because you've set a high standard here. Kit, is there really another way? And uh, and can we start by learning from others who've really done it? Are there really people leading us that we're just not paying attention to? Uh, or are we just paying attention to the noise, the, the, the chaos, the anger, the, the loud, angry voices that surround us everywhere here? I think we need another voice. Mm-hmm. Well... That's my goal. I've got some interesting people. <laughs> All right. Well, I look forward to it. It's going to be, uh, we're going to do two of these a month. Uh, this is the first episode. I just really wanted people to meet you and to get okay. some sense of what we're going to talk about and, and your belief system that there is another way. You've yes. done it and you know others that have done it. And you're going to show us that we don't have to listen to the noise. There is a, there is a light side and there is a dark side and we have a choice. Yes. Always a choice. All right. Well, I hope people will choose to tune in here because it's an amazing show. It's getting me choked up, getting us both choked up as (laughs) we even talk about this thing here. Thanks so much for coming, Kathy. We look forward to many more episodes of Finding Your Soul in Success. Thank you. Well, there you have it. If you're looking for another way, if you want an alternative to the to the noise and the negativity that surrounds us these days, we invite you to join us, to tune in to finding your soul and success as leaders, powerful leaders, famous leaders, very successful leaders, share their inspirational insights and wisdom of how they came to find another way. Right here in North County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio. Net. Streaming live from the University of California Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center.